We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to jump in and break down our August breakfast with Pastor Greg Scott. As always, I have Matt Schrader here to help walk us through it. And uh, man, there's some really great stuff here. I'm uh, excited to see what parallels we find and hopefully there's uh, a little bit more we can glean from it. So Matt, first off, welcome. How are you doing? Good to see you. Thank you for inviting me once again. Back to have a conversation about you. Oh, excuse me. Conversation. A conversation about me. <laughs> Some Freudian slip oh or gosh. something. I don't know even know that what's going on there, but yeah, conversation you're, with you're you. You're picking up on my hints. I just like talking about myself. Yeah, so. that's that's what I'm throwing out there. So, or gonna... you're foreshadowing. Maybe maybe I'm gonna have like this big vulnerable moment, and uh, Ooh, wow, we're, we're gonna mm. we're gonna dig in. So that could be huge. That could be a, a little first. teaser for everybody listening. Mm. Everyone leaned in on that. Spoiler alert: vulnerability is on its way. <laughs> so if that makes you uncomfortable. Go find a different podcast because we're probably going to hit that space just a little bit today. Hey, I just I, what what I learned from uh, Pastor Greg is that I got to increase the size of my container. I, the way that I do that is working on myself and growing. So, man, just oh. right off the right off the bat, we're we're already diving into it. I love it. All right, well, podcast over. You just said it, brothers. Honor all men. <laughs> Fear the king. I uh, love the brotherhood. Yeah. So, absolutely. Honor all people. Oh yeah, you got it either written down or memorized. Probably have it memorized by now. I should have it written down. Yeah, I try to. I, that's how I close it, man. That's that's how we know that the uh, podcast is complete. So I one guess day, I could try something else. Peace out, brothers. One day, I'm just peace out. Don't do that. One day, I'm just gonna say it. Just just roll right in and say it at the end, as if it, as if I've always been saying it, and just see what happens. Just see if like your face melts or like it's. You get you. You just can't handle it, or if maybe you can roll with it. And these moments of vulnerability are taking place truly in your heart, and the humility is setting there. And you'll uh, let somebody else end it for once. <laughs> <laughs> I think you forget that I actually edit this. So. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, how so I, I could just I could just cut you off, and, uh, and and no one would know the difference. Oh my gosh, it's so because true. well, here's a little behind the scenes for for everybody listening, uh, and we'll eventually jump into the content here, but. Matt swears a lot, so what I have to do is after after we re, re, we record, he has like these just random outbursts. Uh, especially like when I make a good point, like he you know he he uses what I call no, words of true. emphasis on on like how solid the point is, and it I don't know it's just it's a little spicy language, so I cut it out. I want to make sure that we keep our clean rating uh, with with Apple and Spotify and all those different podcast uh that we're on so you know that's that's why i have to kind of stay involved in the editing process because he likes to he likes to slip them in you are painting such a facade right here that i can do nothing about you talk (laughs) about powerless powerless is right here here's the truth he could go just so you know if you ever hear me not look fantastic outstanding and intelligent just assume evan got in there re-edited re-put his conversation in there and readjusted everything so that I looked like the one I, you know what? I've got to do a better job of listening to our own podcast. I mean, that's because <laughs> I'm probably saying things. This is all the dirty looks I'm getting at when I walk into church. Now I understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Evan. There'd be wow. way more dirty You're... looks if I didn't 
if I didn't edit out all of the extra language. There is no swearing. This is a clean show. I am a clean speaker most of the time, unless I'm in my truck by myself. Um, then, <laughs> then I, I can't speak to that moment in time. I'm not ready to be vulnerable there. So, you know, you'll just yeah. have to leave that unknown. Okay. All right. We'll yeah. get, we will get there. We will get there. Um, I'm, I'm excited for you. I think that, uh, I think this is going to be a good podcast for you. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence and I think we're both going to grow through it. So let's, ju- let's jump into it. 56 years old, uh, leading student ministries, uh, I, I've known Greg Scott for a while, um, mm-hmm. so I, I always enjoy hearing from him. I, I believe, yeah, we I did a podcast with him maybe a year and a half ago, just kind of uh, touching base on like what what our kids are dealing with and what's what's going on in their minds, and that was really insightful. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, I think before he said it was it was like a lot of just depression and a lot of. Uh, a, a lot of just internal stuff that kids were dealing with. It sounds like it's shifted a little bit. I think he kind of, kind of alluded to some of that stuff, but uh, it's really interested to see what, you know, the younger generation's dealing with. But I'm, as I kind of think through it, uh, and especially as he was joking about being the oldest, oldest youth pastor in the in world, America, in the world, in the, in world. the world. I mean, it's um, a title that only he holds. Yeah. So, but think about this though. Like I actually, uh, I actually think that he's he's in a unique position, but I think he's in a position right now that our our generation needs, or our generation, the younger generation needs. They they kind of need that that lion um, to That's look good. up to because I I don't think that there's a lot of um, cultural references right now of somebody who's willing to stand in the gap, who's willing to man their post, who's willing to uh, be you know step up and be a leader, especially for you know, my, my boys. Right. So I, I try to do as much as I possibly can as, as their father to model some of this stuff for them. But if you just tune into culture, right, like it's, it's a little bit different story that's being conveyed about uh, men in leadership right now. And so to have somebody like him in that role and to speak with the authority that he has and the experience that he has, um, I, I know that it, it, when, when you talk about what's going on at 180 and, and the, the, the youth group right now, um, there's a lot of growth happening and there's a lot of, uh, very intentional, uh, pursuit of Christ in, in the generation, at least from what I see and what I hear. And so I, I think that's really attributed to having somebody in that role that's not worried about being trendy. That's not worried about having the most expensive pair of, sh- of shoes up on the stage and, you know, talking about yeet and stuff. But I think the, uh, I think the, yeah, just, you just said see, Matt knows. Said Matt, Matt, Matt knows what that means, <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. why I'm laughing. Over if you'll laughing. remember, if if you'll remember, Matt Matt has said bet multiple times on this on this podcast, and I I just want to apologize on behalf of Brotherhood <laughs> for that. But uh, I th- I think the I think having a person like that uh, that is that father figure, that mentor figure, that leadership figure, like all of those things is. I think kids are just naturally drawn to it. They feel safe and they feel protected and they feel like somebody genuinely cares about them. And it's so weird to to me, like when you think about young kids right now, you'd think that they'd want the opposite, but I, I feel like they're almost flocking to what he has to say and they're on the edge of their seat to, to really tune into it. Um, and that's really encouraging. And it I think it it shows a little bit about us, right, as a brotherhood. I think we need to see that too and recognize that, for us, 
Like we got to step into that leadership role. We have to be bold. We have to be lions. We have to be warriors and mentors and, uh, you know, all the different phases of, of manhood for our, our next generation to see. Cause if they only see one side of us, they're going to, they're going to miss, you know, the true fulfillment of what it means to be a good husband, to be a good father, to be a good leader. Well, it's something that you don't know that you need. And that's where kids are at, especially since it, it's so lacking in where we're at from pop culture, media, father figures, all of, a lot of that has taken the route of, so maybe said like this, a lot more than what we remember. And then if I talk to my parents, a lot more than what they remember has taken the route of not the lion, of not even the lamb. That's kind of what you want to say, but you know, Jesus being both lion and lamb, it's more of the scapegoat or more of the submissive, No, not submissive, unengaged, the unengaged individual. And I think when you grow up surrounded by that, that being glorified, that being championed, that being put out there as a picture and then overtly stated, this is what you should be. You find yourself in a place as a a boy and even a, a girl, a young person needing somebody to step in and be a father figure. You know, he says at one point in time to in this podcast, he says to dads, if when your dad needs a when your husband, when your kid needs a dad, you're it. You're called to mm-hmm. be like you're equipped to be it. He says the phrase that's been ringing over, over and over and over and over since I went to the breakfast. No one's coming. No one's coming. God's not sending anybody to father your kids. Now, now people will come along, but until so my 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 story on this is. God did send by his grace some men along during a certain period of my life to help father me. And really it's God fathering me through those other men. But I, as a young man, uh, there were a lot of things that went wrong. A lot of things that went south, all my fault, all my decisions, but needed somebody to step in as a father and say, Hey, this is the direction walk in it. So I, as a, young man and a young woman, you're needing that anyway. And as a dad, I'm taking on the posture that nobody got, nobody's getting, my kids aren't getting the B team. My kids aren't getting the backup because I didn't step in and do what I was supposed to do. I'm going to step in and do what I'm supposed to do. And if I make mistakes doing that, I'm going to at least know I was engaged and fully driven. And that's where this podcast just, I mean, it sparked me, reminded me, you know, he says the same thing for being a husband. You know, nobody else is, being a husband to your wife. And in fact, if you vacated, which is comforting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so there's some afterthoughts that I, I'd want to say that really are just my opinion. And they're they're because I have how I see the world. Like if so, go with me for a moment. Your Proverbs five is this, that if you get drawn away and specifically it's talking about sexual sin, you lose it all kids and wife. They are given the end of that, proverb is they're given over to another individual you know i don't know how what the poetry language there if that is like another husband to the wife another dad to the kids i i think you could just say culture i think you could say tv i think you could say distractions i could think you could say your wife's friends like the portion you're supposed to be playing the portion they're supposed to be connecting with you gets given over if you don't submit to your instruction that's what it says if you're not willing to take on the discipline God sends as a father, those things get given over to another individual. And I think that's where, when he says the phrase, no one's coming, 
it sparks in me this drive to embrace the hard parts of that, to embrace the hard discussions in marriage, to embrace the difficulty and the uneasiness you feel as a father. And, you know, when I look at you, Evan, you're probably five, six, seven years maybe ahead of me with your oldest on fatherhood. So just from like the stages of life, you're hitting, you've hit things that I'm coming up to. But I've, I've encountered an uneasiness in myself over these last few years and being a dad as I got more engaged. And then just as I encountered things, I was like, wow, I don't know what to do here. Like, I don't know how to navigate this. I could be navigating this completely false, completely incorrectly and not realize it because it's not my heart here is to do it well and do it right. I'm listening. I'm doing all the things I want to do. So, or all the things I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me to do. But you need someone right behind you going, yeah, you feel uneasy. Yeah, you're a little unsure of yourself. Guess what? Nobody's behind you. There's no backup. Nobody's coming in off the bench. There's nobody going to ease that pain. You better just get uh, get comfortable with that uncomfortability. You better just get ready to navigate, adjust. Pastor Greg always brings in in every one of his sermons the idea of apologizing. So apologizing, apologizing, and, and men apologize. In this case, of course, he tells a story where he didn't apologize, where he chose instead just to stand stalwart. But that's that uneasiness. So that phrase, I've almost written it down and put it on my desk. No one's coming. You're it. You're equipped to do this. Get in in there and start figuring it out. Yeah. Well, I think, so it's twofold, right? So that there's nobody coming to lead mm-hmm. and to, to fill the role like you will and, 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 and from a capacity of what, what God has for you. But later on, he says, uh, whenever you draw back, the enemy is going to fill the gaps. Okay. So there is somebody coming. Ooh, it's, it's, it's just not that's the, a good it's just, point. It's just not, it's not the person that you want it to be though. And, and I think that we have to recognize that role. So one of my big key takeaways from uh, the, this message was like the idea of retreat. Like if you think about like what, what it means to retreat in battle versus what it means in maybe life. Like I'm going to go take a little bit of a retreat. I'm going to go, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to rest and I'm going to relax. Like I feel like retreat has two completely different meanings, but I think in leadership, in fatherhood and, and leading yourself well in your spiritual journey, like re- retreat should not be in our vocabulary. It, it, it should not be a part of our language at all because any part that we can see any part that we just pull back from will immediately be filled or very soon filled with the opposite of what we want. And so that that's where I think culture does step in. So like, like you said that there, there is other things that are, are going to fill those gaps, but the problem is the things that fill those gaps are not talking about growing in your capacity. They're not talking about, uh, you know, being the one that's going to step in and, and take charge and walk in the fulfillment of what God has for you, which is to lead, manage, and solve problems. Those problems are either going to continue or those problems are going to multiply and, or they'll, they'll fester. And whenever they fester and whenever they, they do those things that, uh, you've stepped back from, I think that's where the, the enemy is going to step in there and just continue to tear that stuff apart. So it's a, it's a really sobering thought to, to think that if I'm not going to continue to push myself or continue to be in that situation where I'm uncomfortable and growing, that 
and I guess the, the best way to think about it is if I don't grow and I don't fill those, those gaps in my leadership or in my journey, that the capacity that I should have, the growth that I should have is going to be filled by something else too. Yeah. That's good. You know that when he brings out, so if you haven't listened to the podcast and you're listening to this, or you haven't seen the podcast, you may miss out a little bit because he uses some visuals, clay pot, some dirt in it, seed, different things like that. Of course you can watch that on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to go over there and subscribe, like follow, share, I feel like you're trying to pull people away from the audio podcast. No, just pull them over. I, no. I know you're vested in this uh, this YouTube part of it, but I'm vested in both. Don't forget, don't forget what got people here. Come on, man. This is I'm this is where the meat is. In both. I'm vested in both. Come on now. So anyway, I use a clay pot, and as you're talking, I started thinking through that imagery with what you were describing, and then so for those of you who were there and forgotten or haven't seen it, he has a clay pot like a flower pot kind of that brown looking clay color you get anywhere and he's got dirt in it and he's using the ideas that's your capacity and that dirt basically becomes our capacity and our strength to lead and what we would do so the picture you're painting right there evan is i don't increase my capacity i leave space in there for other things instead of adding more of the spirit of god the soil of god i leave space other things fill it so then now i've got other things filling my space of capacity. My capacity hasn't changed, but the influence is there. It's just somebody else's influence or something else's influence, whether culture or the enemy or their own sin nature are influencing my family, uh, including my wife, my kids, like that in my business, the role I am in leadership, like all of that. That's, that's a different, that's a add on a little bonus content there delivered by the one Evan Uitake. And that's good. That's a good picture. Yeah, I guess I guess the best way, like as as I'm talking through it, because like literally this is not in my notes, but as I'm thinking through it, it's like so. Go back to the container, right? So mm-hmm. like just think of a, a circle, right? So let's say that circle has a diameter of twelve inches. So that that's like that's where we're, that's where we start. That's that's maybe right when we we're starting to step into our leadership roles, starting to step, step into our marriages or, or having kids or whatever else. And then I think, I guess out infinite, right? Infinitely would be just the rest of the space that's there. And from what Greg's talking about, Pastor Greg's talking about is as we increase the size of our, or the capacity of our container, that is going to, that, that circle of influence is going to keep growing. And I think that when we talk about walking in the fullness of who God created us to be or the, like the fully optimized um, version of ourselves or the, the best version of ourselves, however you want to say that, like I, I think that from infinity to where we start, the growth of that circumference or the growth of that um, capacity is really what we are trying to manage in our own walk. But to tie this to brotherhood, I think sometimes we need to look at some of the capacity of the people around us in our brotherhood yeah, and to say, wow, okay, more is more is possible. Uh, I'm, I'm challenged. I'm looking at somebody who's, you know, a little bit further along in life than I am. And I'm like, wow, look at, look at what they've done. Look at what they've accomplished. I'm not comparing myself in the sense that I am resentful that I'm not to where they are, but I am looking at that to, for inspiration and, and, proof of concept, if you will, that I can get there or I can go above and beyond that. <clears throat> I, I think that 
whether it's financially or whether it's just, uh, you know, the quality of family life that somebody has or any of those things that you would look at, these things are multifaceted. But what I would say Pastor Scott is uh, trying to um, communicate is that we have to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't even think about that, right? So I, I think that that's like the first part the first important part of that message that the capacity that you have right now, it's, it's, it's not where you need to be. Uh, and then I would say that from the brotherhood perspective, it's, we, we know we need to grow and through mentorship, through relationship, through vulnerability, through, uh, you know, being, uh, willing to learn and, and all those different things. That's the path to growing that capacity. And then hopefully brothers are going to come alongside you to continue to challenge you to grow. And I think that's exactly what, Pastor Greg was talking about is uh, you have to grow that capacity. Here's some of the steps of how you do it. He was vulnerable in the sense that he was willing to admit some of the things that he was willing to do to grow and now take that and walk it out in your lives. Man, that's that's good. I'm trying to wrap my head around some thoughts. So it's almost as if in that circle, there's a certain, certain capacity no, let's say it like this. God's influence embodies in that circle. Not that, not that it's limited, just that's the space for it. So then you have your own capacity, but you also have other men in your life, situations, environments in your life that you can bring alongside your children, bring alongside your wife. I mean, if you just take church. So you can't do all the things as a man or as an individual husband, father, that church can do. You're not going to, it's not likely you're going to have the time to be able to deliver a message. You may not even have the skill or the ability. It's not likely you're going to, you can't put them into an environment with other godly men and women, other people walking through similar stages of life as they are, but just attending and saying, Hey, we're going to go as a family to church then sets that space of God in that influence circle. And now, yes, are you leading into this space, but you don't have to do all the influencing. Because, and you can't do all the influencing. Same thing with making sure you're, oh man, it's such a tight way to say this because there's one aspect of being a dad, being a father, being a leader, because this all applies still as, as a leader in business. There's one aspect that says, hey, we're going here. I'm going to put you in this environment. And then there's another aspect that says, let's let God lead. And I'm going to pray for an environment to kind of come around you in this space and situation. And there's a balance there because you obviously can't control everything. Even if you tried to control everything, every aspect of it, you couldn't. And then that wouldn't even be good because you need things that are unexpected that you would never think of to, for your kids and your wife to encounter. You need things for you to encounter, man, this, there's just so much going on here, but, and I, I think that is right there. That space right there is what tempts me to disengage because it's like, I can't, control all of this and put it all together. I don't even have the confidence in myself, nor do I have the skill understanding. So then it's like, well, let me just step back and God will do all of it. God will do all like, this is, this is no. big. This is a big moment. <laughs> yeah, I knew you're coming. I see. So this is what I do, Evan. I don't know if that you've noticed, but I be real and vulnerable while you're sitting over there in your machismo shell. And listen, I'm telling you, if you'll break out, if you just step out and stop having to impress the people around you, you don't have to impress me, man. I love you. Can you hear that? I love you no matter what, man. Oh, you don't have to. Oh, thank you. Don't you. have I to put on a this. front. I, I, you can trust me. It's all right. We can. We can. We can grow together. 
Anyway. I think we are. I think we are. Oh, we are. It's it's crazy. God. Sometimes is- sometimes the more a teacher teaches, the more you student, learn. That's sometimes right. sometimes yeah. Sometimes you learn more by teaching than you than you do by doing. Well, that actually incidentally ties into the point I was trying to make is God is doing this all through different things. And that's where I find the comfort in engaging in being a dad in being a business leader in being a, uh, a husband, God's doing all these things. He's working through you, no doubt, primarily through you in these spaces, but he's also working through other areas. His care for that individual in your life, your kids, your wife, your business, your team, whatever it is, is infinitely more than your care. So there's this rest that you can find where it says, okay, am I obedient and engaged? Yes, I am. Am I limited and not fully achieving everything? Yes, that is also the truth. But both of those together, now God can step in. And it reminds me of that scripture where Paul's writing. He says, you guys are quarreling back and forth about who's the best. And I'm here to tell you that Paul sowed him. I sowed Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase. It was God who made it grow. It was God who brought the influence that your family needed. And it's just that trying to get comfortable or stable in that is it's not easy. But I mean, that's also then, of course, that requires faith, which is what God once and that requires relationship and you start to see the big picture here you're like oh okay so you're infinitely under not to be understood all right thanks god i'll just roll with that there's a lot there 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 yeah you, you had a lot to say i, I, I want to kind of hone back in a little bit onto the um uh, the uncomfortability part the uh the the, the inadequacy Am I saying that right? Inadequacy you are. part uh, that you were kind of talking about, where it's just like I feel so overwhelmed as I step into these roles, and so I'm trying. I'm trying to I'm trying to tie it into what the analogy that he was using with with the pot and the soil. Um, I think that the uh, the 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 pot the, the the size of the pot, right? So like as that as that diameter continues on, um, I I don't know that the soil or the ground keeps up with the perimeter of the pot in the beginning. So I want to try, I'm hoping I'm communicating this well. So like he talked about how there was a, there was like four things that he needed to do to kind of change his heart and and get him into the right place. So what I, what I want to try to communicate is it's possible that your pot will grow um, before your, what, what you put in the pot is, is ready. So what, what may happen is, is let's say, for example, you, you've just become a father, right? Mm-hmm. That pot just grew. <laughs> that, that, that pot, yes. The, 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 the size of that pot just went, went from, you know, from a, you know, a one to a five. And so you're just in this and you're overwhelmed and you're just not knowing what to do with yourself. And, and you're, you're questioning all, all the different things going on. And, and there's a lot of heart work that needs to happen there. There's a lot, a lot of learning that needs to happen. And so I, I think that the natural pull is going to say, Oh, this pot's too big. Like I can't handle this pot. There's, there's not much that I can do with it. And that's where the retreat comes in. It's like, Hey God, give me a smaller pot, right? Like just, I just want you to, uh, instead of taking me from a one to a five, let's, let's, let's go two. well, you know, two would be great. But I, I think that that's where it's like trusting God and recognizing that as we're willing and and in a situation where, where we want to pursue what we were created for, 
that we, we can begin to fill that pot. And we can, what I would say is backfill it, right? So uh, the pot may grow, the capacity of the leadership may grow, but you and your heart may not be ready for it. But through that experience, through that vulnerability, through time, you begin to fill that pot to now, right? So like I look at somebody who's got kids in college or, or, or is starting to have kids start their own families. And I just get overwhelmed thinking about like, how am I going to navigate all of that? But for me now, like I have a kid in high school and I got a kid who's in eighth grade. I'm not as overwhelmed by that as maybe I would be thinking about that as if I had a newborn baby. And it's because through the uh, expansion of that capacity, I've been able to backfill uh, with all the different experiences. And so I, I think what we don't want to have happen is have the pot grow, but have our heart stay the same. If our heart stays the same, you could still have a, a large capacity for growth, but no growth will, the growth will still be restricted by the soil. And so what will happen is whatever that fruit is, whatever that, that plant is in the analogy, it's still going to be constrained to where it can't extend beyond the capacity of the container. So I, th- I think I communicated that, but let me, let me know if that didn't make any sense. It did make sense. Let's rehash it a bit more for the listeners. Cause I want them to get that. I it's, it's a great illustration of the capacity and then the soil being, if I'm saying what you said, your heart growing, to fill the capacity of influence the you kind of brought in a little bit of sound like biology where it's like where you talk about the seed can only grow so much because of the amount of soil that's there so i think that's kind of where or it seemed kind of what you're implying but either way like the soil being your heart if your heart is capped because of your own decisions, lack of obedience, lack of submission, uh, your own vices, your own whatever it may be, your own cowardice, those things keep, they limit God from pouring more soil into the influential spaces, i.e. the pot in this situation. That's where our heart, when we make our heart submissive, when our heart's obedient, when our soft our heart is pliable towards God, then he can add more soil growing our heart growth in this situation. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah. I, I think that, uh, again, from the backfill analogy, like your, your capacity has grown, but you, you, you are not fully optimized in the size of that pot because maybe your heart's not ready. Like I, when I, when I talk to some people from a business standpoint, uh, one of the things that I like to say is like, if I'm looking for a new employee, I'm looking for somebody who, who has, let's say 10 years of experience, but it's, it's, it's possible for you to have one year experience 10 times, yes. or it's possible for you to have 10 years of experience because you've been willing to grow and go outside of the things that maybe your original role called for. And so what I'm looking for is that person who is willing to just keep pushing the edge of what they're capable of. They're staying curious, right? They're investing in themselves. They're recognizing that, you know, it, in some cases, my, my company is not going to invest in me. I need to, I need to be in control of my own destiny. So like education could, could be part of that. Uh, leadership training could be part of that. Uh, just taking on additional responsibility could be part of that. Volunteering for, to be on a board or any of those things. Like 
for, for, for somebody that I'm talking to in that capacity, I'm looking for that person who's constantly looking to develop themselves. And in that regard, they're dumping more soil. And so from the, from the heart, heart standpoint, like if, if we refuse to grow, like if we're stubborn and we just say like, I'm never willing to admit that I'm wrong. I'm never willing to admit that, um, that, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I have it it's because you don't do it. Yeah, really, really if you start doing it, Evan, you'll start thinking of some things of, <laughs> of what to do, maybe for your heart to grow. It's okay. Listen, we're all yeah. here for you. Like, I mean, we're praying for you. Maybe, you know? maybe I say stuff like my 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 uh, my circle of friends is full. Like, I'm I'm happy with the friends that I have. I'm not willing to go beyond yeah. that. I'm not willing to meet new people. Or, uh, you know, hey, I just. I have my routine. I like it. I don't want to go outside of my routine. I don't want to take any risks. I'm risk adverse. So I I want to uh, just hold on tightly to the things that I have. Well, you could have a a much larger container, but you just, your heart's not ready for it because you've not been willing to trust God in in all of that stuff and and step outside of it. And, uh, you know, maybe the trusting God part is the soil that actually comes in because your willingness to grow. So you have your, man, I, I feel like I'm stretching here, but so, so, your pot grows, right? Your whatever the situation that's that's gotten big. You you're you're sitting there with the soil that you have, and the you're putting yourself out there. You're saying, God, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z. And that trust in God is He's dumping the soil in, and that that's that that soil is how we backfill that pot. I think that makes sense. No, well, I think I, you're on to it. Go with that. And I think even biblically, we can go there. With a oh, little yeah, bit of let's support. So yeah. when you said it, when you talked about heart and soil, that's a connection Jesus uses as well. That's the whole uh, parable of the sower. You know, when he went and explained to the disciples. There we go. There that, we go. Yeah. I, so I, I knew I was tapping into something. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is talking here. Like that's an analogy God uses. But what you said that I think, I think accurately describes how you add more soil. So let's. In this case, your heart is soil. If you're going with us on this analogy journey here, your heart is soil. And the backfill idea is getting more soil, expanding your heart to fill the capacity of the clay pot that now has expanded. You had kids, you got married, whatever it is. So then how do you do that? What is the actual happening of that? Yeah, we pray, we believe God, but what's happening in the spiritual background? So here's the scripture that came to mind that Pastor Witt just talked on this a few weeks ago. What's Proverbs say? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not mm-hmm. on your own understanding. So I see that correlation now, that trust the Lord with all my heart, trust with soil, that soil. So God's up there. He's like, okay, when you trust me, you kind of take that barrier off of your heart and you say, all right, God, I'm going to allow you to add more soil backfill if you will into this space so that my heart will increase to the influence i need to have when you do that that trust then opens up and i think that's where the writer of proverbs there is going with trust the lord with all your heart here you here you go lord here's my heart my emotions my fears my concerns my hopes my futures you know my future my my the people i love my relationships here it is i'm going to trust you with it, not in it, but with it. What do you want to do? And what does he say? Okay, I'm going to expand that. It hurts for your influence to expand. But trust me here, he says in Hebrews that 
he disciplines us as a father disciplines a son. So he chastens us. He puts us into situations where it's difficult and uncomfortable and says, okay, this is going to expand your capacity. I'm going to, in the, in this farmer analogy, I'm going to pour more good soil into this space. And that's going to then increase your heart to the, to the place where like you used a good word, optimize your heart size for the influence you need. So now as you grow and you trust more, now you find yourself engaging with your kids in a different way, engaging with your wife in a different way, engaging with your team members in a different way. And that different way then opens up the space for God to step in and go, boom, growth, boom, change, boom, connection, boom, deeper relationship, mm-hmm. all that. I mean, yeah. it, we're kind of saying, painting the same picture now. Yeah. And honestly, whenever, uh, pastor Greg was going through all this stuff, I, I, I understood the analogy, but I didn't fully grasp like how, how it all played together. Um, if that makes sense. Cause here's the thing he had what 35, 40 minutes to communicate this point. And so yeah. I think sometimes, you know, between that and, and it being early in the morning, you, you really can't say all the stuff that you have. And who knows, maybe he'll listen to this and go, I was not talking about that at all, but <laughs> he might, um, but for me, like, all right, so I'm, I'm just trying to understand it in, in a way that I, I can practically apply it, right? And, that, and so that's, that's hopefully what we're, we're doing here for, for the audience is, you know, how, how do we take what the message was from, from, from Pastor Greg and apply it to our life? And I think that really it comes down to my key takeaway is your pot's going to grow. Your pot's going to grow based on just phase of life that you're in and, and whatever else. But the 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 per, giving god the permission by trusting in him to add more soil is is really the part that we can control and so that's that's where it's it's really kind of stepping back and say you know like you the uh, scripture that you referenced which is trusting in the lord with all your heart it's saying hey i'm trusting you with the heart that i have i give you more i give you permission to add to that and when you add to that that's where god is faithful he'll show up uh, he'll step in and he's going to just start dumping soil into that into that pot and then Mm -hmm. eventually that pot's going to fill but what's going to happen is is now you've developed you've grown to where maybe you have a a stronger capacity for trust so that when you know i've i've been in situations where i've stepped into roles that i was not prepared for and what i've had to tell myself and, and and some of the counsel that i've gotten is that they're not necessarily hiring me or putting me in that leadership position because of the experience that i have they're putting me in there because I've shown a capacity to be able to grow into whatever that role is. Yeah. If that makes good. sense. It is. And yep. so, and, and so for what we want to do in this situation is as our pot grows, just continually be willing to trust God to, to fill those things in. If you're in a situation where, you know, it, it feels too big there, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. Um, you know, he talked about it with the whole uh, 180 state fair thing, yeah. uh, which I really appreciate him, you know, kind of pulling back the curtain on that a little bit. But one of the key statements that he says was like, he's like, man, the feelings that I had, I had all these feel like I, I was really dealing with it. He, he, he mentioned that he had a lot of support from leadership, you know, saying, Hey, we got your back. We got your, your back. But he had what I would call a, a holy unrest to where he knew that there was something that needed to happen and instead of him trying to solve it, mm-hmm. what was his response? His response was, 
God, you, uh, I need you to tell me what to do. It was, it was surrender. It was stewardship. It's, Hey, I'm in this role. I want to quit. I, here's what I want to do, but not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. And, and, and what God put on his heart was be strong, be strong in that moment. And I think once he said, okay, God, I will be strong. I give you permission to work through this. God got the backhoe out and started dumping soil in that container. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I, I don't know. That's a very accurate way. I think to say it, you know, what I, what I want pe- people to catch there as well. I love this about pastor Greg is you Remember, said, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the King. Beat you to it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would have been perfect. It's not even what I was thinking, but that it's coming. I'm I'm, I'm going to surprise you. Is what I'm going to do. You're not. It doesn't even oh, matter okay. though, because you're right. just going right. to cut I've, it out. So it's not even a fun I, joke I, now because I can't. We're not live. <laughs> so if we were live, I'd be like 100. I'm rolling in there. So just know, if we ever go live, it's in my back pocket. I'm going to have it okay. right there. Right. And I'm just going right. to go. Boom. I just, I just, I just loved it when you put the exclamation point on my point. So I was like, oh, that's it. Like, there's nothing else we can say. Let's just end this thing. Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, so Pastor Greg goes to God each time. He's kind of describing this. He does it in such a way that's nonchalant where it's like you don't catch it. But if you're listening, it's the same thing David did and then David didn't do at one point in time. This is King David, Bible King David, where one of the things God loved about David is he continually went back to him and said, hey, what do you think? How do we fight this battle? How do we do this? How do we do this? The one time he didn't, or at least the one time recorded that he didn't, he lost that battle and God came to him and said, hey, this isn't your show. Yeah, you may be able to get to walk in the accolades and get to do all the fun stuff, but you still have to submit to me and come to me. And that's what you see modeled in modern day by Pastor Greg is going to God in different situations. And even so, if you listen to Pastor Greg Greg enough, in almost every one of his stories is an opportunity where he apologizes. He messed up and he apologized. And I, I would assume that this is a very important message that he has to people, that it's okay to apologize. If you know him well enough, his personality is not of such that you would think he would be one who would apologize. And this time he says the phrase, it was different. God didn't ask me to apologize. God instead said, fear not. And that's what I want. I mean, I don't want people to miss. There's a lot I want people to hear, but I don't want people to miss that is Pastor Greg didn't just like grab the sword and start charging because he was the big daddy dog. He was the guy on top. He was the, you know, he was the the leader. He did it because he submitted to God and said, and God said, Hey, go do it this way. Go do it this way. I think you got to capture that as a man. Yeah. I, well, he, he said, he said, be strong, which I, I think is really just saying, go ahead and face it. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that, uh, for him, it was it was not a a run a cut and run situation. It was more just stand there, allow the feedback to come in, allow the complaints to come in, right? Which uh, you know he mentioned a little bit earlier. If if you're growing, then you're going to have complaints. You're going to have those issues, and and this was a prime example of that. So he stood there, he listened to the complaints. Uh, he, he I don't think he defended himself. I think it was more of just a hey, I appreciate that, and you know obviously you know our heart and what we're trying to do and we make mistakes. We're human. We, we screw up sometimes. Um, and I think that that's, that's really kind of the, and I don't know him well enough to, to be able to say this, but maybe that was part of continuing to mold his heart was to say, all right, like in this situation, 
I just need you to sit back and listen to all this stuff. And it's not because you did anything wrong. It's just, it's an opportunity for you to put yourself in a position to model me to other people. Um, and the way I look at it is this, like if somebody, like, like I was not one of those parents that sent an email. Um, and I, I have theories of like, you know, people who would or whatever, what that person looks like, right? We'd probably call him a Karen or we'd call him, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, person who's willing to speak their mind kind of thing. Um, who, who doesn't necessarily like appreciate all the things that have to go in to put something like that in. And, and, you know, sometimes stuff slips through, but I think being a person in that role and modeling that listening, being willing to confront it head on, uh, and accept that feedback. And, and in some cases respond to that feedback, not necessarily in defense, but just, uh, you know, Hey, I appreciate you saying that that's an opportunity that maybe God was using him to influence other people's lives, uh, to maybe, um, take a situation that was really crappy that a lot of people were probably very upset about. And in, in the grand scheme of things, potentially influence other people's lives to say, okay, this is what a leader does. The leader listens, a leader, you know, he didn't do what I thought he was going to do. And it, maybe it softened their heart a little bit. And I think that's the cool thing about God is that he can use those situations. Maybe that wasn't necessarily a, uh, a pastor Scott lesson. Maybe that was a, a lesson for our kids. Maybe that was a lesson for parents. Uh, it was a leadership lesson. And obviously we're on the other side of it now where he's, he's willing to you know pull back the curtain and say, you know, here's, here's how I dealt with it. Here's, here's the, the situation that uh, was going on when, when I was in that role and what I had to do. And I think that uh, a lot of growth can come from that to where maybe we all walk away and say, Hey, you know, I'm willing to trust God in that situation. I'm willing to model what he did, which is going to God and uh, stepping back from it and trying to solve it myself because I don't know that there was a good solution for that. You know, when you have that many people there running around and yeah, you could probably plan a little bit different, but I mean, looking in the scope of what's happened, nobody knew that was going to blow up on social media. Nobody knew that that was going to be the outcome that that many people were just going to show up. Like we always want, like when you're doing ministry, you want a ton of people to show up. So yeah. a plus on that. Right. So that part was a, su <laughs> a success. The, uh, <laughs> the the negative part of that is they they weren't coming for a message they were right. they were coming to I don't know have a turf war or something but from what I remember nobody got hurt everything worked out well maybe some some people got in fights so there was some hurt but in the grand scheme of things like it could have gone way worse than it actually did and here here's the other thing now they can plan for it right now they can be a lot more strategic and smarter about how they do it mm -hmm. and the cost was not that high but. Uh, there's, there's so much that can be learned from it and, and so much that uh, we can take out of it on, on the back end. I want to try to uh, land this plane a little bit because I know, I know we've talked about a lot and I, th man, I think we've already uncovered quite a bit. The only other thing that I really wanted to really to, to push on was, so he talked about like your heart being the soil and then he talked about four things that he had to change in his heart. Yeah. But what I would say is this, like the, the, so he had, I had to learn to love people, not my position, grow in uh, my prayer life, have humility and have a growth plan. That was that was what he needed, right? Yeah, so I no, think we good. can take those. I think we can take those points and and uh, and apply them to our life for sure. But what I would say is this: I don't think that that list is all inclusive for every person. So what I would encourage people to do is, and especially men in the brotherhood, is like, what's your list? Is mm -hmm. is this is your list the same? 
or is your list different? Like he was, he was able to shed light on, on the different things that he had. But like, if we're truly softening our heart and we're, we're trying to, uh, get in a position where we can grow the capacity of that container, I think my key t- takeaway that I want to highlight is my list is different than pastor Scott's pastor Greg Scott's list. I think your list is different than his list. Mm-hmm. And so next steps, uh, walking away from this is to take some time, be willing to take inventory of where you're at in your, in your role in your life and say, okay, God, what, what are the steps that I need to take to grow my heart and, um, use this as a model, use this as a, as, as a guide to get there. Um, but I think everyone's steps are going to be different. hundred percent. I think you got to go to God. You know, that it's easy to w- want to take these steps and be like, bam, that's all I got to do. These four things, pastor Greg said it, that's what I'm just going to do that. And that's all I need. But then that puts all the control in your hands. And I will just tell you from experience, it won't work. You can't take somebody else's list unless God sets on your heart. Hey, this is the list. And it just happens to match theirs. Then in that way, you could take their list, but you're still not taking their list. You're going and getting yours. It just happens to match theirs. Your list is going to be different. I would take the words that we were talking about earlier. Trust. Where are some areas that you can trust? Maybe that leads you to a list. What are some things that popped up and came out, you know, come out of your spirit or jumped around as we're talking, as you're listening to the message with Pastor Greg, those are things that may need to go on your list. Maybe they're on his list. Maybe they're not, but you're hundred percent right. This is not necessarily my list, Evan. It's, but when I go to God, he's happy to say, you want more soil? You want more capacity? Here you go. Let's do these things. Ah, oh, God, I don't want to do those things. Yeah, I know. That's kind of, kind of the point. <laughs> At least those are my conversations. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one. Yeah. Maybe I'm the only one. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would agree. I, I think I'm in that same situation with you because that's the uncomfortability part. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. Nobody likes change. Uh, nobody likes to be overwhelmed, but I think the, uh, I, I think the fulfillment in life comes from facing adversity and, and knowing that I've prepared, that I have the tools that I'm equipped. I mean, just thinking about another thing that he says, like, Hey, we already have all the tools to fix this. Like God, God has equipped us from whatever it is, even with the small amount of soil that we have, we already have the tools that we need to do that. So, uh, obviously as you, as you grow in your capacity and and as you have the ability to do more things, you're going to have more tools at your disposal so that you can conquer larger things. But no matter what situation you're in right now, like if you're just getting started, you still have all the tools and you have all the, uh, I was going to say capacity, but your, your capacity is growing, but you do have all the tools and resources to, to face whatever it is. And the default tool, right? The, the one that's always in your back pocket is trust God that's and uh, just ha- being, being willing to do that because in that situation, um, that, that is by far the, the best tool you can reach for. And really it should be the first tool you reach for every single time. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Awesome, man. Well, uh, real quick, we have our next breakfast coming up with, uh, this is a big get for us, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know about you, but John Wick is going to be there. So, you know, he's, 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 he's right, right off of, uh, you know, confronting the high table. And uh, I was pretty sure, I was pretty sure something happened to him that may prevent him from, from showing up. But I don't know. This, uh, 
I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed following his journey for the last four movies. Absolutely. And this is going to be great. Yeah, no, that it's good. Yeah. I can't wait to hear John Wick, Wick speak about brotherhood and how it's impacted his life. That's for certain, for certain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Looking forward to it. John Wick will be there. Uh, which, uh, and if not, maybe we pick up John Smithwick and Smithwick, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, that's just as good of a get, I think really. It's it's pretty, it's almost the same thing. I mean, really it's basically the same thing. Basically Smith with that actually makes more sense. Cause I, when I saw the, the, the social media post, it, the picture didn't line up, but now that I think about it, I might have, might've misread that. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe not. We'll see. If you're looking forward to seeing John wick, come see us coming up here in September, September 6th, I believe. And uh, if you're looking forward to seeing John Smithwick also come, one of those guys will yeah. be there. One Matt, of those guys be will confident. be there. Yes, this is true. <laughs> you got a 50-50 chance of yeah. jo- uh, John Wick being there. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. 50-50 shot at least. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I think um, you can probably ruin Is it the first Friday of the month or did we bump to the second because of the holiday? It's actually the second Friday be because Second I Friday. Think the first Friday is uh, the first Labor Day weekend. Labor or Day weekend. Like that. Yeah. 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 We don't want to compete. So that Labor would Day. be September 8th, will be the next Brotherhood so Breakfast. Okay. So we'd love to have you there in person. So, with that, brothers, remember, honor all people, love the Brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.